Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Great Detectives. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do so with your favorite podcast software, whether it's Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or the Amazon Music app at Amazon.com slash OTR Detectives. Now, of course, Christmas is later on this month. I did want to let you know what Andrew Rhines is doing over at the Old Time Radio uh, westerns podcast at otrwesterns.com he's doing 25 days of christmas so if you want some christmas old time radio programming released on a regular basis you can check it out over at otrwesterns.com and of course we do have our full archive of all the christmas specials we've done here on the great detectives of old time radio at uh, christmas.greatdetectives.net and we'll have some holiday programming coming up towards the end of the month but if you want to get a head start uh, you know head over to otrwesterns.com well now it's time for this week's episode of Philo Vance, the original air date, November the 22nd, 1949, and the title is The Nightmare Murder Case. That's very pretty, Miss Deering. Very pretty, very even, very clear. My voice, Mr. Van? You're typing, my dear. You don't mind my looking over your shoulder while you work? No, it's not your looking I mind, just your commenting. Oh. Besides, you ought to be very happy that I'm singing. When a secretary sings, she's happy in her work. (laughs) (laughs) Working for a private investigator is the nicest job a girl could have. Working for a private investigator? The private investigator. The best in the country. Well, now that's much... Are you Philo Vance? Are you? Why, yes. Please come in. Vance, listen. You're clever. You're brilliant. Help me. Please help me. I promise I'll try. What is it? I'm Mrs. Grace Rawls, and last night I had a dream. I dreamt that a man came to me and gave me $500. Well, that's hardly anything to get so excited about, Mrs. You you don't understand. This morning, I met the man, the same man I saw in my dream, and he gave me the money. Here it is. Look at it. $500. He handed it to me on the street, and he disappeared. Philo Vance's office. Hello, this is Mrs. Rawls. I-, I was in to see Mr. Vance yesterday. Please connect me with him. I'm sorry, he isn't in. Well, find him, then. Please find him at once. Tell him that last night I dreamed that same man came to me and gave me a new car. This morning when I woke up, the same car I dreamt about was in front of my door. Tell Vance he's got to explain this before I go mad. <laughs> My dear Mrs. Rawls, you came to tell me about the third dream you had, the one you dreamt last night. Now, why don't you tell me? I don't know. I don't know if I dare. Those other two dreams I had coming true when I woke up. I'm afraid. If I'm going to help you, 
I'm going to have to know about this latest dream. All right, all right, only, only I'm scared, Vance. I'm afraid. I, you see, last night, the same man who came to me in the first two dreams came again. This time, he told me I was going to meet a man named Sam Davis. And when I met him, I was going to kill him. <laughs> tell. Uh, hold your end of this load up, will you? Don't make me carry it all. Uh, shut up. Hey, Pete, you think we dragged this thing far enough? Yeah, a little further out and it'll be safer, Mort. Okay. No wonder you're tired. It's a dark out here on this wharf. I could go to sleep right this minute myself. I could go to sleep any minute, any time, any place. I guess I'm just one of those guys who was born tired. Uh, everybody's born tired. Nobody sleeps as much as a kid, does he? Only me, whenever I get the chance. Okay, Mort, this is as far as we go. Set it down. Yeah. Uh, you ready? In a minute, I gotta rest a second. Oh. That sea air sure makes a guy sleepy. Okay, pick up your end. I'll get mine. Right. Count three and over the rail with it. Ready? One. Two. No. Well, Pete, that does it. There goes the last of Sam Davis. His body's down at the bottom by now. Yeah, that's right. And I'm glad. Now I can go home and get a good night's sleep. Vance, I'm always glad to see you when you come down here, of course. But even though I am a district attorney, I have no jurisdiction over dreams. I know that, Markham. I just thought I'd talk this out with you. That woman was serious and in deadly fear. She dreamt some man was going to give her $500. The next day, she met this man and he gave her the money. Right. Her next dream had this same man giving her a new car. When she woke the following morning, there was the car in front of her door. And her latest dream, which she detailed to you about an hour ago was that she was told she'd meet and kill a man named Sam Davis. Yes. <laughs> you take her seriously, Vance. I'm surprised at you. I don't know who Sam Davis is, but I guarantee he's alive and well and is going to stay that way. Perhaps. Then again, perhaps not. There's an old theory that dreams foreshadow things to come. And... All right with you, Vance. Hello? Uh, Mr. Markham, this is Rogers, Homicide Department. Yes, Rogers. We've just fished a body out of the river, Mr. Markham. He was murdered and tossed in. Oh, was he? Do you know? Yeah, a couple of the boys knew him. Character named Sam Davis, a gambler. What? I thought you might like to come down to the morgue. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I certainly do. Thank you, Rogers. You heard that, Vance? Yes. Apparently, my friend Mrs. Rawls is doing some mighty potent dreaming these nights. Now, let's be reasonable, Vance. You know what she told you wasn't possible. I don't know that at all. I'll admit it doesn't seem reasonable for her to dream she was told to kill a Sam Davis, then for him to turn up murdered. But there's something to her dreaming, and I'd better go see her. I should say you should, before she goes to sleep again and dreams she's the district attorney. Markham, the most important thing we must remember is that there is a connection between her and this Sam Davis who turned up murdered. 
What that connection is will solve the mystery of Mrs. Rawls' very prophetic dreaming. You want me to have her brought in? I think not. Not right now, that is. I'd like to handle this my own way. And what is that? I'm not sure at the moment. Perhaps I ought to do some dreaming myself. Daydreaming, of course. Watch this. Very good shot, Mr. Lee. Very good. You hit that target right in the middle. Yes, that's the general idea when you're shooting with a born arrow. That is correct, isn't it, Pete? Who knows? All I know is I'm tired. Well, you worked rather late last night, Pete. Rather late and rather well. Getting rid of Davis's body was a good job. Thanks. I helped Pete, Mr. Lee. You know that. I helped him. Yes, Maud, I know. I'm grateful yeah. to you both. Well, now, if you'll just be quiet one moment, I'll see if I can duplicate my last shot. Well, them arrows really travel when he lets them go, don't they, Pete? Shut up. Yeah, I know, because you're tired. Because he's tired and I want to concentrate. <laughs> Gee, good shot, boss. Well, it was. Thank you. Oh, uh... Mort, will you go over there and get those arrows out of the target? Yeah, sure, but you got one more arrow left, Mr. Lee. I lost one yesterday, and I'd like the others, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Pete. Yeah? Pete, what's your opinion of Mort? Yeah, he's all right. A little stupid, maybe, but he's all right. You think he'd ever do any talking if the police picked him up? Well, that's hard to tell. Maybe yes, maybe no. Look, it said he's stupid. You can't figure out what he's going to do. Yeah, that's what I thought. In case the body of Sam Davis turns up, I'm afraid I would be very embarrassed if he talked. Oh? Hey, Mr. Lee, don't shoot that arrow down there. Now, Mort's in front of the target. You might hit him. Really? <coughs> that was the general idea. Good idea, don't you think? All I know is it sure wasn't good for Mort. She don't want to say why she wants to see you, Mr. Markham. She just says she's got it. What was her name again, Rogers? Rita Crane. I never heard of her, but I ask her to come in, please. Sure. Okay, Miss Crane. The DA will see you. Thanks. You're Mr. Markham? Uh, yes, please sit down. Thanks. Look, Markham, I've never been to the cops before to gripe in my whole life. But I'm doing it now and liking it. Just what are you talking about, Miss Crane? At Sam Davis, you found the river. I just heard about it on the radio. I think I know who killed him. Do you? Suppose you tell me the whole story. There's no whole story. There's just this. Sam was a gambler. He'd bet on anything, any time. Mm -hmm. And I'm a gambler, too. I'd like to bet I know who killed him. Really? Who? It was a woman. A woman named Rawls, Grace Rawls. She had a crush on Sam from here to China, and he kept sloughing her off. He was my guy, D.A., mine. She couldn't take being shoved around. So it's your theory that she killed him. What do you mean, theory? Sure, she killed him. Nobody else would. Of course, he had trouble with Eddie Lee on account of Eddie was jealous of the business Sam was handling, but Lee wouldn't have killed Sam. So this woman, Grace Rawls, did know Sam Davis. Sure. Only not well enough to suit her. He saw to that. When he kept ducking her, she told him he'd never get away with it. She meant it. Apparently... You might be interested in knowing she's been to see Philo Vance, who's working on this case. I think perhaps I'd better tell Vance about your coming to me. Sure, tell him. Tell him, the cops, the militia, the Marines, tell everybody. But come up with that dame as the murderer of Sam Davis, Markham. Sam used to say that in case of trouble, he'd bet I'd be on his side to help. 
That's one bet he's going to collect, even though he's dead. You still insist that you didn't know Sam Davis, Mrs. Ross. I never said I didn't know him, Vance, never. And taking me down to the district attorney's office isn't going to make me change my story. Of course I knew him. I'm not taking you down to see Mr. Markham. I'm taking you to police headquarters. I want you to have a look at some rogues' gallery photographs. What for? You claim a man came to you in a dream and that he came to you three times. Is that right? Of course it's right. I dreamt everything I told you I I'm not doubting you, Mrs. Rawls, fantastic as your story sounds. And I'll tell you why I asked you to drive me down here to headquarters. By the way, uh, is this the car left outside your house by the man you dreamed of? Yes, it is. Very pretty car. After you, Mrs. Rawls. Thank you. I want you to look at the photographs in the gallery. Then perhaps you'll be able to pick out the man you claim you saw in a dream. All right, I'll do it. But, Vance, I'm not entirely stupid. I don't claim that what I told you makes sense. I only claim I told you what happened. Many things that happen in this world don't make sense, Mrs. Rawls. But there's generally an explanation for them. And that's what I'm trying to find. It's the room to your right as we go in this door. Oh. Have you ever been to headquarters before? No, never. Oh, hi, Mr. Vance. Can I help you? No, Murphy, no thanks. I want to look at the pictures in the gallery, okay? Sure, Mr. Vance. Go right in. Thank you. This way, Mrs. Rawls. Oh. Are there pictures in all those files? Yes. Do I have to look through all of them? I doubt it, Mrs. Rawls. A lot of those files contain photographs and records and criminals who are dead. But they are classified, and there's always a chance that we might find what we're looking for without too much trouble. But what's the point of all this, Vance? I'm hoping that perhaps you'll be able to pick out the man of your dreams, Mrs. Rawls. And if his picture is here, I promise you the murder of Sam Davis is practically None of these is the man. I know this is monotonous, but how about this drawer, Mrs. Rawls? Recognize any of the men here? No. Not him. No. No. No, none of them is the man I saw. Well, if at first you don't succeed, try this section. While you're looking at those photographs, Mrs. Rawls, would you mind telling me how friendly you were with Sam Davis? Friendly? Well, we, we, we weren't friendly at all. I like to make a bet or two once in a while on a horse. He handled a bet, that's all. We've been told you liked him a great deal. I? Like a bookmaker? Oh, Van, please. Well, it's true that I am a widow and I could like whomever I please, but a bookmaker? I'm surprised. Van. Yes? This man here, th this picture, that's the man who came to see me in my dream, and it's the same man I met on the street. What's the matter? You said if I found the man who came to me, you'd have the murder practically solved. I'm glad I said practically, Mrs. Rawls. Unfortunately, this is Mort Wilson. He had the bad judgment to get himself killed by an arrow early this morning. This is District Attorney Markham. The nightmare murder case began when Sam Davis was murdered after Mrs. Grace Rawls had a dream in which she was told she was going to kill Davis. 
She has identified the man in her dreams from a rogues gallery photograph. But that doesn't help us at all because that man was found dead too. All we know is that Mrs. Rawls has no recollection of killing Davis. That Davis had an enemy in Eddie Lee, a big-time gambler. I've sent for Mrs. Rawls in an effort to get to the bottom of this. And she's in my office. Mrs. Rawls, I don't have the patience that Philo Vance has. And I refuse to believe this ridiculous story of your having dreams that later develop into realities. I'm sorry, Mr. Markham. You're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you won't tell me the truth. That you hated Davis because he wouldn't have anything to do with you. And you killed him. That's not true. I didn't kill him. There's nothing you have that links me to his death. Except your visit to Vance practically predicting Davis's death. Would I do that if I were going to kill him? Would I get involved in a situation like this for no reason? No. Then I demand you let me go. And I demand that you leave me alone and that Philo Vance does too, unless you can prove something on me. And you know how much chance you have of doing that. I'm getting tired just hanging around, Mr. Lee. Can't something happen? Like what, Pete? Like you stop playing chess with yourself for a little while and tell me how we're going to make some dough quick. <laughs> It'll be made for us, Pete. Sam Davis out of the way, most people who want to bet on anything in this town will come to me. You'll get your share. Oh, I don't know. I think I'll hit the hay. I'm tired. You getting company, boss? Apparently. See who it is, will you? Sure. Are you home? Why not? I got nobody to hide from. You wouldn't say that if that girlfriend of Sam Davis has ever found you. But I'm here in case of trouble. Answer the door. Yeah? Hello, I'm Philo Vance. Thanks for asking me in. I didn't ask you nothing, but as long as you're in, what do you want? If you're Eddie Lee, I want to talk to you. I'm Eddie Lee, Vance. Come in. Wanting to meet you for a long time. I wouldn't be so happy that I finally did if I were you, Mr. Lee. You know what I'm here about? Certainly. It's about two killings. You found out that Sam Davis and I were business rivals and that Mort Wilson worked for me. You have an idea that I killed them both. It's more than an idea. You could have killed Davis, had Wilson dispose of the body, and then killed Wilson so he couldn't talk. Very reasonable, I could have. But you don't arrest people on pure logic, Vance. Don't you have to have some proof of some kind? Perhaps I have that proof. You're very resourceful, aren't you? Well, I like to think that I am, too. Suppose we make this a contest... Look, Lee, I'm not playing around with words with anybody like you. You're a crook and a killer, and there's one way to handle guys like you, and only one. Physical logic, Vance? I never thought you'd descend to that. It's the only kind men like you understand. Now, do you start talking about what happened in those killings, or do I go to work on you? Now, Vance, I assure you I have no intention... You meant what you said about beating me up, didn't you? I meant what I said about finding what part you had in all this. And if it means beating you up, I'll do it. Perhaps you weren't convinced with that one clip I gave you. Maybe this... <laughs> oh. You know, Mr. Lee, no matter how smart a guy is, you whack him over the head with a gun butt, and down he goes. Why'd you hit Vance, Pete? Why? He was going to work on you, wasn't he, boss? Don't tell me you'd have liked that. No, but I can handle myself. Sure, but suppose you come in second. Suppose he got you to spill about killing Sam Davis. What makes you think I killed him? Well, it was you that told Morton me where to find his body and take it out and dump it in the river. Yeah, yeah, I did tell you that, but it doesn't mean I killed him. Ah, you can trust me, boss. Oh, I'm quite sure of that. Well, then let's stop fooling around. What do we do with Vance? 
Oh, him? Yeah. Oh, Pete, my boy, I'll take care of him. In my own way. Vance, please. Please, wake up. Oh, brother, that bump on your head. Hello, Ellen. Hello. How did you get here? For that matter, how did I get here? Well, I can answer the first half of that. Somebody called the office and asked if I was your secretary. I said yes, so they told me to come to your apartment right away, that you needed me. I certainly did. Those wet cloths you put on my head did the trick, Ellen. Who did the trick of knocking you out? I deserved that. I was very impolite. I turned my back on Eddie Lee's principal stooge. Well, apparently they didn't want you dead, so they carted you here to your apartment and then called me. Now what? Now we're no further than we ever were in this mystery, Ellen. That's a situation I guarantee ends right here. From now on, we're going to get action. But, Vance, I don't Markham, see... listen. There are two alternatives in this murder case. One is that Mrs. Rawls is telling the truth, and the other is that she isn't. That's hardly an epic remark. Tell me how she could possibly be telling the truth. How could she dream about a man who later showed up to give her money and leave her a car, then tell her she was going to kill Sam Davis? It could be done. Oh, Vance. Now, listen. She wasn't dreaming, of course. We know that's not possible. But she might have been made to think she was dreaming. Awakened in the middle of the night, a man in her room. She wasn't completely conscious. And he might have talked to her, told her what he wanted her to think she dreamt, and then disappeared in the dark. Why would anybody do that to her? To make her think she killed Sam Davis. It was a clever plan and might work with an impressionable woman like Mrs. Rawls. In fact, it did work, if she's telling the truth. And if she isn't? Then she made up the whole thing to throw us off in the event that she killed Davis. You and association between her and Davis would be made by us and wanted to take as much suspicion off herself as was possible. That's great. Only how do we find out? Ellen is finding out right now. Your secretary, how? There was one tangible element in this entire case, Markham. I won't tell you what it is, but Ellen is tracking it down. All right. But Vance, aren't you overlooking one major element? The death of Mort Wilson. Who killed him? I haven't the slightest idea. But I'll find out, believe me. Well, that's interesting. I'll get that. I told Ellen she could reach me here, and it's probably she. Hello. Oh, yes. Good work, Ellen. Very good work. So it was bought a thousand miles from here. Well, this murder was planned a long time. Well, thanks, Ellen. You did a wonderful job. Bye. Well, Vance? We've got what I wanted, Markham. Have Eddie Lee, Mrs. Rawls, and Lee's henchman Pete down here in an hour, and in an hour, this case will be over. Waiting around, always waiting around. Hey, D.A., how much longer? Vance will be here soon. Your employer doesn't seem in too much of a hurry to see Vance, right, Mr. Lee? Matter of fact, I'm not, Markham. I like Vance all right, but he plays rough. And uh, how about you, Mrs. Rawls? What are your feelings about Vance's arrival? I don't care one way or another, when, as, or if he gets here. Hello, everybody. Guess I'm a little late. I had to stop the Hello, Vance. Here are the people you wanted. And incidentally, your hour is up. Yes, I know. And I won't be more than a few moments now. Pete, how tired are you? I'm always tired. Too tired to confess that you helped your boss kill Mort Wilson? Yeah. 
Much too tired for that. Well, you won't have to confess it. I can prove most of what I'm saying. Lee, you're quite handy with a bow and arrow, aren't you? Never handled one in my life. That's strange, considering that the leading sporting goods store in the city picked your photograph out of a dozen brought to them and said that they had sold you archery equipment for years. I used to buy it and give it away. I just came from your house in the suburbs, Lee. There is unmistakable evidence that an archery target has been removed from the back lawn. The holes were still in the ground. And here's an arrow I found in the bushes. A duplicate of this arrow killed Mort Wilson. You found the arrow I lost, huh? Well, good work, Vance. It'll make a good case, I guarantee that. Thank you, Vance, for cleaning this up. So it was your secretary, Miss Deering, who checked the sporting goods shops, and that's what she called you about before. No, that wasn't what she called about, Markham. Remember I told you there was one tangible element in this case we hadn't investigated? Yes, but you didn't say what it was. That's right. You might have guessed. Finding where that one tangible element came from enables us to solve this case. So while you arrest Eddie Lee and Pete for killing Wilson, you can also arrest Mrs. Rawls for the murder of Sam Davis. Vance, what was this tangible element that practically convicted Mrs. Rawls of planning and killing Sam Davis? You remember, Markham, that she told me some man had come to her in a dream and had given her money. Yes. Then appeared later and gave her an automobile. And still later, to tell her to kill Davis. Yes, I see. The money couldn't be traced, but the automobile could. Exactly. Ellen traced it, found it was bought in a city many miles from here. Mm -hmm. When she called me to tell me that the purchaser answered the description of Mrs. Rawls, I knew she'd planned the whole thing, and that the story of her dreaming was all a lie. We know why she wanted Davis dead, but not why she identified Mort Wilson as the man who allegedly came to her in her dream. Why shouldn't she? She knew Wilson was dead by that time because she'd seen the stories in the papers. Oh, I see. With Wilson dead, he couldn't very well deny it either. She also knew he was tied up with Eddie Lee, for that matter, and that her identifying Wilson as her sleep visitor might involve Lee. That's very true, of course. And your finding that arrow and the archery was enough to get a confession from Lee after we worked on his accomplice, Pete. Lee killed Wilson, all right, but... I don't know why. I can tell you that. Lee had sent Wilson and Pete to carry off Davis's body. Lee had probably come to call on Davis and found him dead. Uh-huh. Inasmuch as somebody had done him a favor by killing Davis, he wanted to do that somebody a favor by getting rid of the body. And Mort Wilson was under the impression Lee had killed Davis, and Lee was afraid he'd talk. Is that it? Exactly. Well, it's all over now. But I still think that Mrs. Rawls made a mistake in coming to you in the first place with her ridiculous dream story. All murderers make mistakes, Markham. The trick is to find them. She thought she was being very clever when she came to me in the beginning. I wonder what she thinks now, at the end of the nightmare murder case.
Welcome back. Oh, okay, this case. The solution. Where do you even start with this one? So, the lady who came to Vance invented this entire story. Now, what makes these sort of uh, setups interesting is that when someone tells a story that's so outlandish, it's assumed that it kind of has to have some kernel of truth to it. Because only the most foolish person in the world is going to make up such a ridiculous tale to cover themselves. If Vance uncovered anything in this episode, he uncovered a Class A nominee uh, for that particular award. Because, yes, yeah, she did make this up, and she actually would not even have had anyone to identify as the man who came to her if that random thug had not been murdered. And we have another nominee. So the gangster decides to, without being requested, mind you, cover up or try to cover up the murder as a way to say thank you to the murderer for taking out a rifle. And this is the type of thing that happens in the underworld. It's a way of showing appreciation. It's the organized crime version of a Hallmark card, you know, covering up a murder. So he does that, and he's not really guilty of all that much. You know, you could get be charged with obstruction of justice. And then just randomly gets the thought, I wonder if my junior henchman would sell me out. He asks his senior henchman, who's like, well, you never can tell, you know, what stupid people will do. As if that was a cue, he then uh, committed murder to cover up obstruction of justice in case his stupid henchman opted to tell the cops, even though there was no indication that he was inclined to do so at all. And this was another one where Vance didn't shine through very much. I mean, in this particular case, he gets to the point of using physical violence to compel the criminal to tell him what he wants to know, which is not generally considered the mark of a genius detective. And of course, Ellen solves the case and provides all the key evidence by doing the sort of work the police should have done if they weren't uh, under Markham's orders waiting around for Vance to solve the case. At any rate, we turn now to listener comments and feedback and have a comment from Ken. Uh, he writes in, Love your show. have been listening to it for about three or four years now. On some shows, you mentioned accumulating older episodes into bundles or something to that effect. Uh, did you all do that? And if so, where might they be found on your site? Thanks for your response and thank you for providing entertainment for so many. Well, thanks so much, Ken. And I double-checked with Ken, and he was indeed referring to our uh, volume feeds. And currently we have Volume 1 up at volume1.greatdetectives.net, or you can just search for Great Detectives of Old Time Radio Volume 1. And we are in the process of getting our second season all posted. We already have the entirety of season one, along with uh, commentaries for both season one and season two. And you can check those out at volume1.greatdetectives.net. We're adding 20 episodes per week through the month of December, and we should have around 350 
50 episodes posted as of this recording. And we'll be finishing up getting Season 3 posted next year, and then we'll start up Volume 2, which will contain Seasons 4 through 6, and so on and so forth. This particular episode will eventually be in The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, Volume 5, Lord willing though it'll be a few years till we get to that point. Thanks so much for the question, Ken. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Alexandra, Patreon supporter since September 2016, currently supporting us at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Alexandra. And that will do it for today. If you're not subscribed to our podcast, I encourage you to do so so you never miss an episode. You can subscribe with Spotify, Apple Music, Overcast, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. We will be back next Thursday with another episode of File Vance, but tune in tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Hendricks dropped me off at the Muleback Hotel. He said the Patterson Transport Company would supply a car for my personal use. And it was there, ready and waiting, after I finished checking in. I drove over to police headquarters at 1125 Locust Street, where Lieutenant Herman of the Robbery Division filled me in. Well, there's a few things about this that make sense, Dollar. Not many, but a few. Like what, Lieutenant? Well, the way he operates, for one, there's a definite pattern. Every holdup's either at the far end of the driver's route or the last stop or two before he checks in for the day. Sounds like he's pretty familiar with the delivery operation. Yeah, that's what we figure. Maybe from the Patterson Transport end, maybe from the department stores. And then another thing, he's almost sure to be a psycho. The way he's manhandled those drivers? There wasn't any reason for beating him. Drivers all have orders not to resist. He gets increasingly brutal with every holdup. No sense to it, unless he's a psycho. Mm-hmm. Any description on him? Yeah, partial. Always wears a blue bandana handkerchief over his face. But uh, here's what we've got on him for what it's worth. Let's see, about six feet, 190 to 200 pounds, gray slouch hat, baggy gray suit. Has a noticeable limp in the right leg. Hmm. Well, that's pretty general, but that limp might help tie him down. I've got the personnel managers of Patterson and the department stores going over their records on the basis of that description. So far, they haven't come up with anything. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.